BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome new listeners to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I have been doing this podcast since April of 2013, and I have always been a podcast fanatic. I love listening to podcasts. I love hearing people talk about their lives. And the reason I started this podcast was at the time I was on a TV show called Chelsea Lately, where I was appearing nightly, making jokes about celebrities. And then people could also see me on Drunk History, where I was getting wasted talking about history. And nobody really seemed to know who I was. Did they think people thought I was drunk like that all the time? Or they thought, oh, Jen only cares about Lindsay Lohan. And I felt like, you know what? I really want people to know who I am. And unfortunately, when I was on the road a lot, people would be at my shows screaming out, let's get drunk or whatever. And I thought, oh, they don't really know me. I'm not that fun. And so as a joke, I said, I'm going to do a podcast called I Seem Fun, meaning, but I'm not. And then I called it the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast because it was supposed to be a once a week and it still is solo podcast where I talk about what went on with me during the week, whether it's serious or silly you know, kind of curmudgeon complaining, whether it's something going on in the world, something political. I've cried on this podcast. I've taken you guys deep into my life, breakups and get back togethers and family stuff. It's just like your friend talking to you who's rude and doesn't let you get a word in edgewise. And it's off the top of my head every week. I prepare briefly the topics I want to talk about, but that's it. It's just a fun free for all where you can just see the real me. And, uh, I hope you enjoy it. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen on Google Play. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen on SoundCloud. And uh, I'll give you a review from the Onion AV Club. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Cockman. Co- See, I can't even advertise my own fucking show. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action lawsuit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness, and more often than not, she's right. That is from the Onion AV Club. So if you're curious, well, I guess you can start with this episode and go through the backlog. If you want to stay, here comes the podcast. You're about to get on the ride. I see fun. I see fun. The Diary of Jeff Kirkman Seem Fun episode 245. Oh my goodness, people. I don't have any thoughts in my head this week. So this is a listener email episode and it's a grab bag. It means I haven't vetted these emails first. I'm just going in and reading them. Who knows what's going to happen tonight? Who knows what's going to happen? It's a grab bag. It's a grab bag. I thought also before I get into it, first of all, hello everybody. How are you doing? This is Jen Kirkman. This is my podcast, I Seem Fun, The Diary of Jen Kirkman, episode 245 coming at you. This week's episode is brought to you by my sponsors, by my sponsors. These people sponsor the show. You got to get into their stuff. We'll see what they have to say. Uh, Quip and Fab Fit Fun. New sponsor, Fab Fit Fun, girl. So here's the deal. Uh, Somebody sent me a direct message on Instagram and they said, Jen, do you know any bars in Brooklyn that play 90s music for that Gen X vibe? And I do not. I don't really go out. Um, if I do go out, it's, it's never intended. Uh, a lot of my friends don't drink. A couple of my really close friends here don't drink, so I'll go to bars with them. Um, and other friends, we have dinner, but I don't go, I don't like bars. It's too loud, so I can't go to bars um, ever because uh, you have to talk over loud music. Um, I only go to like little outdoor cafes. You can get some wine. I'll go to a restaurant, but I don't, I like literally can't go to bars or I'll lose my voice. So <clears throat> I cannot recommend anything. 
But um, <clears throat> I also lose my voice from clearing my throat like that. So, what was I going to say, kids? Oh, but I was like, well, why don't you make your own bar at home? Why don't you mix yourself a drink? And why don't you let me be your 1990s DJ? Um, you know what I mean? Like, do you know what? I was like, the other day, I'm like, okay, I have to be honest. Beck's album, Mellow Gold, like when it came out, I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then like you get older, you're like, oh, that was lame. And then it comes back around again. I'm like, no, that was awesome. So if you want to be like, you know, Gen X fun and, you know, summer's almost over. Well, summer's not almost over. You got, you got half the summer left to have a good time. Why don't you have a little Gen X playlist and let me curate it for you? Um, and I can go through that later. So stay tuned. Um, towards the end of the episode, there I will make you a playlist and I'll play you samples of all the songs. How does that sound? All right. Let's get into it. So you can listen to back episodes on SoundCloud or Libsyn. Subscribe on iTunes. Give it five stars. Just say the review should be, who the fuck is this girl? She's great. Just write that. Um, you can watch my comedy specials, just keep living and I'm going to die alone on Netflix. Give it a thumbs up or whatever the fuck they do now. Follow me on Twitter at I seem fun podcast. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash I seem fun podcast. I post the description of every episode there. If there's any pertinent information, like an article I read, I'll put the link on it and you can chat to each other down there and, uh, send me an email. I seem fun at Gmail. No, that's not an email address. Um, yeah, I seem fun at gmail.com. That is an address actually. Um, is it I seem fun at gmail.com or I seem fun podcast? I don't even know my own email address. Who cares? No, it's I seem fun at gmail.com. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Somebody just wrote hail to the over forties and she sent me a picture of some matches. (laughs) Oh my God. You match people. Um, Matches. Hey, Jen, I had a fun anecdote about matches versus lighters I thought you might find interesting. Here's some context. I'm 17 years old and still live with my parents. I know what matches are because I've had them laying around my house my whole life along with lighters. The difference I've noticed in my parents' use of the two is the importance of the occasion. When the power would go out and we needed to light candles or when we wanted to start a fire in our fireplace, we'd use a lighter. How do you use a lighter in a fireplace? Don't you have one of those big, long matches for, you know, when you put it, because you you get the newspaper underneath the wood, and then you just use a lighter for that? Oh, I know, maybe one of those big stick lighters. I think that's what you mean. Got it, got it, got it. When it was something important or sentimental, though, like lighting candles on a birthday cake or candles at a wedding, we always used matches. For me, no matter how obsolete matches become, oh God, that's it. I'm always going to keep matches around because they remind me of good memories as well as make their use feel like a special occasion to me. I love that idea. Matches for special occasions. I think that's great. And I collect vintage Christmas matches because I'm a party. Um, I'm not sure if that meant anything to you or not, but I thought it might make you feel more confident that things like that will not be lost. Thank you, Audrey. Oh, shoot. Can I say your name? Um, I love your podcast. I know I'm very young and probably not your intended audience. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I totally want young people listening to me. I want all people. I want 17 to 77. Like I want literally every single person on planet earth to think I'm the greatest thing ever. I mean, there is no intended audience except world domination. Um, no, I totally want teenagers to listen to me. If you can get a teenager to relate to you, um, then I feel you're doing good work. You know? Because you have no reason to relate to me. I mean, I literally... You weren't alive when I was your age. It's so weird to me. You weren't alive when I was 25. That's so weird to me. Um, but I will say that, uh, I know a lot of my favorite things to this day are things that I began liking ages 14 to 19, you know? So maybe I'll always be someone that, 
you like or stick around with or like it's I'm imprinting somewhere in your soul. So no, more 17-year-olds, please. I'm a huge fan of your work. I'm sure I'll be emailing again, asking for advice or offering my irrelevant anecdotes. It's not irrelevant. I loved it. I loved it. All right. Lisa says, keep it coming. Your PMS politics is just what I needed on a Monday AM. Oh, well, that's nice. Um, oh, somebody sent me a picture of Kirkman soap. So, and it's, it was in a museum. Okay. So I don't think I'm related to those people, but they did sell everything to ivory eventually. I don't know, but I haven't seen any of the Kirkman soap money, but there is, um, the warehouse for Kirkman soap was in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And you can still walk by it and they've turned it into loft apartments that are like a million dollars a unit. And they're, it's called the Kirkman lofts and it's in the old Kirkman soap building. And I'm so drawn to Williamsburg and I love Williamsburg. So I'm like, is it because my people were making soap here? And why can't I live in the Williamsburg lofts? Why do I not have a million dollars cash to just give to the lofts? I'm so mad at myself. So I can't even take it. And of course I did look at what you would have to pay to get one. And it's like, you need to put like 70% down. So it's not happening. Um, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, Jen, Paula Poundstone is a new podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And based on the first episode, I think it's going to be terrific. She has a co-host and it seems like his only job is to be sort of a straight man to present topics, which seem to be interesting tips and advice about a wide variety of things. And she's just there to react to it all and sum it up in her own view. Um, oh, you mean straight man, like in the comedy team sense, not like a a heterosexual. Um, I like to imagine you both are friends and go clothes shopping together. You could definitely pull off a classic loud suit and wide tie combo. And if you're not, don't tell me you aren't. Um, no, I'm not friends with Paul Poundstone. I'm not enemies with her. We've just never met. I don't know if she knows that I exist. Um, I'm very sorry. We're just in different generations and all that stuff. Um, oh good. I'm getting Google alerts on my name because I'm being, uh, target harassed by Bernie supporters. Awesome. Um, Jen, it's your librarian friend from Philadelphia. I just about had an aneurysm listening to the email from the woman with the totally incompetent paralegal. I actually screamed in my car several times. How do people like this manage to stay employed? How do they manage to put on pants and leave the house? How do they manage to feed themselves? Have our expectations for grown-ass adulthood sunk this low? My deepest sympathies to that lawyer. I want to give her a hug, and I've never felt that way about a lawyer before. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, let's see. Let's see. Well, these are all short emails. Um, everyone loves the letter about the incompetent person at work. Uh, oh, this girl wrote, I loved this week's podcast and the bit you did about matches versus car lighters. I too only use matches to light candles and Japanese incense at home. I scored two full canisters of vintage matchbooks at an estate sale a few years ago. One full of half used matchbooks and one canister was full of unused matchbooks. So I've been, huh? I've been using the already used ones. There's something so tactily satisfying about striking a match and the flare of the flame and lighting the wick with the scent of the phosphorus. I love that you reminisce about this stuff. I'm in my forties now. It is truly a lost thing. I loved having car lighters too. So weird, but I was just thinking about the loss of car lighters recently. I also smoked in my twenties using a cigarette holder. God, I miss all of it. <laughs> I am so glad that matches, and I'm going to, as I'm on the as I'm on the phone with you, I'm treating you guys like a, this is really not what it's like to be on the phone. I mean, maybe a little bit. I don't talk on the phone. I, I get it all, but I'm lighting matches right now. I'm lighting candles. I was about to say in my dorm, I must be having like some kind of like breakdown where I'm saying things like dorm because, um, I haven't lived in a dorm in 23 years. Oh my God. That's so weird. You don't know how weird that is. You guys, you don't know how weird it is. When time is going by, it seems to be going by pretty appropriate. And there's even some days, of course, where you're like, hurry up time. And then when you look back over a big chunk of hunk of time, you're like, wait, how did 23 years go by? What was I doing? How have I been, what 
what have I been doing with myself? Have I done anything? Have I done anything? Um, okay. I don't even mean anything important. I just mean like anything fun. Like, I guess I've done fun things. Oh, I didn't cut the wick on this candle. One of the greatest gifts I got for Christmas this year. Um, I mean, it was, or maybe it was two years ago. Um, my sister put in my stocking a wick cutter. Everyone get a wick cutter. All my people out there who are into matches and candles, go next level and get yourself a nice like steel wick. I think it's called a wick cutter. I think you can even get them on CB2 on that, that website, um, that store CB2. Uh, but just Google wick cutter. It's like so next level and it looks really cute on your coffee table. Oh my God, why can't I have my own like home makeover show of like how to do things cheaply? Oh, okay. Um, let's see what else is going on. What else is going on out there? Okay. Oh, I can't read this one. Sorry. Uh, okay. So this woman is reacting to someone else who wrote in that they hate when women change their names when they get married. I just really need to share my thoughts on people changing their surnames when they get married. For context, I'm in my mid twenties, female, straight. Oh my God. Hang on, you guys. I have a grocery order. Hang on one sec. Enjoy the silence. Enjoy the silence. Sorry, do you guys use Instacart? It's like grocery delivery. Um, but I ordered flowers on it too, and they didn't come. And I just was like, oh, I can't be, as my Australian friends say, I can't be fucked to be like, wait, where are the flowers? I'm going to look at the app right now. I have a feeling that he probably tried to contact me saying uh, there weren't flowers. And I probably didn't write back. Uh I don't know. I don't know my orders. Let's see. Did did the flowers? Yeah, he was supposed to bring them. Hmm. Oh no, he refunded me. They couldn't find any. Yeah, I. Ugh, men suck at this. Whenever I have a male Instacart driver, because I always like if I get a grocery delivery, like I always um just throw flowers into it, but like, you don't know what kind of flowers you're going to get, but they have like a picture. So if you get it at Whole Foods, it's like, oh, it's like daffodils. And then there's a thing that says allow a replacement if they don't have this. And I always check yes. And guys always freak out. Um, and they, they don't do it. They just cancel them because I think men don't, don't know. Um, like just, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um, okay. Anyway, who cares? Um, I really want to open this watermelon right now. Okay. I really need to share my thoughts on people changing their surnames when they get married. Ah, ah. Sorry. That was, a, this is horrible. Um, for context, I'm in my mid twenties, female straight and in a long-term committed relationship. I will absolutely assume my partner's last name when we get married. There are several reasons, but my main issue is this. The last name I have now is my dad's name. I see no need to keep a name that links me to him rather than my partner, his family, who I spend more holidays and quality time with, my future children. It drives me insane to hear people argue about it as a feminist issue with complete disregard for the fact that your given last name is also most likely patriarchal, assigned to you through fraternal lineage. It is not a fantastic feminist statement to keep it. This isn't to say that we couldn't both choose my name or make up one or hyphenate, of course. Everyone should do what is right for them and stop judging anyone who does something different. I agree. I'm just so tired of hearing that I, by choosing to take my partner's last name and committing some sort of woman-hating sin, I have made a choice because it's what I want, and I'm thankful to have that freedom, something feminism actually afforded me. <laughs> 
just realize that keeping your father's name is also patriarchal bullshit and do whatever the fuck you want. That's awesome. I agree. Ah, I'm sorry. I had to eat something. I'm so fucking hungry. Oh. Okay. Ooh. This woman wrote a story, and I'm glad that she wrote it because I don't have any stories, and I like this story. I was just skimming it. Hi, Jen. If you read this on the air, say that my name is Sally. Hi, Sally. I walked up to a crosswalk recently, and a guy was already standing there waiting. I pushed the button without thinking about it, and he glanced at me, and I said like a crazy person, oh, I'm sure you already pushed it. That's just a habit. He looked at me weird. I continued, I hate when I'm standing there waiting at a crosswalk, and someone comes up and pushes the button like I didn't do it already. That's not what I was doing. I just pushed it without thinking. He gave me a really weird look and said, it doesn't make the walk sign come on any sooner to push it more than once. I said, no, no, yeah, I know. That's why it bugs me when someone walks up and pushes the button because it's like, we all know that pushing the button multiple times doesn't do anything. So it makes me feel like they thought I was just standing there not pushing the button like an idiot. So I was just saying, you know, I just pushed it without thinking. I'm sure you pushed it already. I was just trying to explain that. He said, well, maybe pushing it again does make the walk sign come on sooner. I could see he was thinking, why does this weird girl want me to say, what does this weird girl want me to say so she'll stop talking to me? By this time, we were halfway across the street, so I just waved goodbye and said, have a good day. I think he was too distracted by being weirded out by me to really listen to what I was saying. That's not why, honey. Also, I was clearly thinking he was thinking something that he wasn't, and I was completely off base in trying to reassure him that I did not think that he was too dumb to push the crosswalk button. He did not care at all that I walked up and pushed it. So not only am I weird for trying to explain something totally inconsequential to a stranger, I'm probably also weird for being slightly insulted when I'm waiting at a crosswalk and someone walks up and pushes the button. I guess in the back of my mind, I always think they sized me up and thought, she seems too dumb to know what crosswalk buttons are. I better handle this. I really don't want advice. I just felt like sharing this story. (laughs) Thanks for reading if you did. Oh, I don't have any advice, but I can relate. Now that you've written that, I realize that if someone walked up and pushed the button and I was standing there, I'd be like, do they think I didn't do it? But I wouldn't mind because I'd be like, well, I haven't pushed it in a few minutes, so maybe it does need another pushing. I have a feeling that that guy, like his answer to you was to explain it really doesn't matter how often you push it. And you were like, no, I know. I, I didn't mean to push it. Like, I think he was like, I think you preempted some mansplaining and then got it anyway. That's what I was saying. Like, I don't think he wasn't judging you. I think he totally was. That's just because of what people do. I mean, we judge everyone. There's no way he wasn't like, oh, she must just be on automatic pilot and, and hitting buttons. Like, I think he probably was like, uh, duh, I already pushed it, but didn't say anything. That's what I think. I'm just projecting because I would totally judge. Um... God, I hope that didn't upset you that I said that. Because the way you said I don't want advice made me think that you're like, um, please don't give me some of your bullshit theories, Jen. Thank you. Uh, stupid people and cheese, as someone writes me. Jen, I was recently re-watching one of your Netflix specials, I'm going to die alone, and in your act about the guy at a bar not knowing what a lime is, Somewhere around seven minutes. Thank you. People, you can also buy that album on iTunes if, if you want to. Each track is only 99 cents, or you can buy the whole album for nine ninety nine, which is a steal. I particularly found it funny and relatable. I work in a sandwich shop and find it extremely frustrating when customers come in and don't know what the cheese is called, even after politely reminding them and them timidly saying, I love the yellow cheese because most of the time they're middle-aged men with their families. I just don't understand how someone can go their whole lives, even having kids and not knowing what cheddar cheese is. Now, maybe this is just me being high strung, but I just get so frustrated with all these stupid people. Anyway, I love all of your work and hope you're having a great day. Well, I have to get frustrated too. And cheese is a delight. And you know, here's the deal. I'm a part-time cheating vegan because I eat eggs. And sometimes I'll eat some 0% Greek yogurt because it's good for the flora. But cheese, I have to stay away from. Um, 
<clears throat> I don't always make that choice. <clears throat> Sorry, I cannot eat watermelon on a podcast. I just fucking can't. And I'm learning this now because I'm about to choke. Anyway, so cheese is, first of all, there's like <clears throat> cows give away their, this is really articulate, everybody, sit down, the science teacher's talking. Okay, so like cows, like basically, cows feed their young with their milk and there's like hormones in it and, and almost like a morphine kind of like calming drug in it so that their babies feed and all this shit. We're not supposed to be getting that um, whatever in our systems, but we do, and it becomes addictive. And cheese is technically addictive. So, and also, like, since I try to avoid meat for the environment, uh, cheese goes through all the same stuff, and animals have to do the same thing, so it's like, eh, if I'm going to be a real environmentalist, like, I don't need to eat cheese either. And then also, it makes me go, <coughs> and it's bad for my voice. And I need my voice for a living. So I try to stay away from cheese. Now, if I'm going to Paris or something, I ain't going to not have cheese. I don't care about that. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to be a cheese eater, be a fucking cheese eater. You know, get the brie. Or get, even there's, there's affordable good cheese. And yes, you should know the name of it. There's no that yellow cheese. That's not how, don't stop it. We don't, we don't address food by colors. I can't take it. And maybe I'm a coastal elite, but fucking cheese is from the heartland, the dairy farmers. You don't call it the yellow. It doesn't come out yellow. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to also do some research. So let me just make sure I'm not just saying crazy shit. Cheese has morphine in it. Well, not morphine, but hang on. Addiction to cheese is real thanks to casomorphins. Ah, this is your brain on cheese. Cheese has morphine-like qualities, can be addictive. All right. And this website is called yumuniverse.com. If you talk to anyone who has recently switched or is considering a switch to a plant-based diet, more often than not, they claim that cheese is their weakness. Why is this? After all, doesn't cheese smell like dirty socks? The answer is casomorphins, protein fragments derived from the digestion of the milk protein casein. The distinguishing characteristic of casomorphins, it's casein is spelled C-A-S-E-I-N. And I knew about that because you can still get vegan cheese that has casein or casein in it. And you have to be careful because it's not really vegan. Blah, blah, blah. So the distinguishing characteristic of casomorphins is that they have an opioid effect. Yep, opioids are among the world's oldest known drugs. Dependence can d- develop with ongoing administration, leading to withdrawal symptoms with abrupt dis- continuation. Opioids are well known for their ability to produce a feeling of euphoria, motivating some to recreationally use opioids. I can't speak English opioids. You know what sucks is when I had my surgery and they gave me the Dilaudid and the whatevers, it was making me so anxious and it was making me nauseous and I did not experience the fun part of a high. And I had always planned on getting like a Dilaudid or a morphine or an opioid addiction in my elderly years just to like take the edge off. And now I can't because it didn't take the edge off. It made an edge. And now I'm like, fuck. Fuck, people. I'm going to have to feel things as I get older. So, um, okay. Opioids are well known for their ability to produce a feeling of euphoria, motivating some to recreationally use it. Yes. But if it's already a huge part of our diets in America, who will actually have to experience the uncomfy withdrawal? You guessed it, those who try to kick dairy to the curb. Casein is a hot topic for vegans and plant-based eaters because it can be found deceptively listed in the ingredients of certain dairy-free and vegan cheeses. You may be familiar with it in that regard, but the addicting qualities of casein, casein, what the fuck, are somewhat unknown. As it breaks down in the stomach, producing the peptide, casomorphin, an opioid, it acts as a histamine releaser, which is also why so many people are allergic to dairy products, an estimated 70% of the population worldwide. Okay, back to the opioid effect. It takes 10 pounds of milk to make one pound of cheese. 
As milk is turned into cheese, most of its water is removed, leaving behind concentrated casein and fat. So concentrated dairy products like cheese have especially high levels of opiates, even morphine. At this point, you might be wondering what the evolutionary basis might be for these opiates to be in a mammal's milk. Dr. Neil Barnard, founder and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, explains, it appears that the opiates from mother's milk produce a calming effect on the infant and in fact may be responsible for a good measure of the mother-infant bond. (laughs) Do you love me or is it just the opiates I'm giving you? No, I swear, mommy, I love you. That's if you've ever listened to cows talking. That's what they're saying. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Everybody, first of all, it was International Self-Care Day this week. Uh, and it is time to spend some money on yourself. Okay. And you're going to do it in a way that you're going to, you're going to save some money too. I love our new sponsor, Fab Fit Fun. I use them and I effing love it. F-F-F-F. So sign up for Fab Fit Fun today to get your summer editor's box. Go to fabfitfun.com. F-A-B-F-I-T-F-U-N.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well-lived. Use promo code Kirkman, K-I-R-K-M-A-N, to get 10 bucks off your first box. That's over $200 worth of products for only $39.99. So go to fabfitfun.com and use my code Kirkman to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Now, here's the deal. I love subscription boxes. I do that I do that lifestyle. There's nothing more fun than having a box that arrives and you get like amazing products for way cheaper than if you weren't getting it. And it's like curated by people who know what they're doing. And it's, it's awesome. So here's the deal. Here's what it is. And I, I love it. So They are full-size products. You're not getting samples of anything. This isn't like when your mother goes to a hotel and she's like, we got four soaps and then your father had a great time at the buffet. We have four mayonnaise packets and we're putting that in the package that we're sending you. It's not that. Uh, Most products' individual value is more than the cost of the entire box. And this is what happens uh, if you sign up now, fabfitfun.com, use offer code Kirkman you get the summer editor's box, which is a Yumi Kim train case in periwinkle or navy. That is unreal. A Hava mineral hand cream. That is not a sample size. And I love that hand cream. It's like, it's, it's that kind of like soothe, uh, softening, but also it has exfoliating properties. And it's like from the Dead Sea. Um, Spun gel, papaya, Yuzi boxed flower body wash with an infused buffer. I love that stuff. Uh, you can get a Japanese shower gel, a lip statement palette, or Dr. Brandt Pores No More Luminizer Primer. I have that. Understated Leather uh, X-Free People Starry-Eyed Travel Eye Mask in Mint or Gray, or Eight Other Reasons, uh, London Lariat or Perlis Blue Lotus Balancing Moisturizer, uh, Rice Milk and Rose Cream Cleanser, or Makeup Drop in Winter Glitz. I mean, there's so many different Things. There are so many different sets and I have, I'm, I'm telling you, FabFitFun is amazing. It's delivered four times a year for just $49.99 a box. Again, each box is valued over more than $200. The editor's box is available for purchase in between seasonal boxes um, with newly discovered items and favorite items from past boxes. It's a subscription box for women to discover new products for a life well-lived. It delivers a full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products four times a year. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, y'all, you will love it. You know, honey, you look so young. Honey, I do stuff like this. FabFitFun.com, Kirkman, $10 off your first box. Do it for yourself. Get one less friend a birthday present this year. You don't need to do that anymore. You're not their mother. You spend money on yourself. International self-care week. Oh, well, if you're going to take care of yourself, you're going to take care of your mental health. That's why I am so grateful that we still have my favorite sponsor. Oh, I don't have a favorite. I love you all equally. But Talkspace, talkspace.com. I met an I Seem Funner. I think I told you this last time. 
who is finally going to therapy after listening to my podcast. Now, I've been doing this podcast for five years, and he's just finally listening to me. I got to hammer this into y'all's heads. You know, sometimes I go, well, listen, I've talked about it enough. It's like, no. Every week, there's someone who's like, it's on my... No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to... Just go right now. Talkspace.com slash Jen. T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E.com slash Jen. Just go read along right now. Use code Jen, J-E-N, to get $45 off of your first month. Talkspace. It's therapy for how we live today. It's the online therapy company that enables you to get matched with a licensed therapist of your choosing. You have over 2,000 choices. And once you pair up with your perfect therapist, you can message them whenever you need to. You don't have to sit and face them in person. You don't have to commute anywhere. It is all done online. As long as you have an internet connection, you can use the Talkspace mobile app. You can use your computer. You don't have to worry about fitting it into your life. It's as easy as sending your therapist a message. You can go as deep as you want. You can just get something off your chest. It's it's therapy for how we live today, and you use it how you want. And they say uh, that a lot of the users that use Talkspace uh, prefer it to face-to-face therapy. It is, of course, a fraction of the cost of what therapy normally is, even therapy that's covered by a health insurance plan. It is meant for you if you're busy and you need something affordable. Maybe you're a little shy and you don't really want to sit down and stare someone in the face. Well, this is for you. Talkspace, again, 2,000 licensed therapists just waiting to meet you. Talkspace.com slash Jen. Use offer code Jen to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. Make this the week that you knock it off your to-do list. And then you're going to tweet at me and tell me how much you love Talkspace. And lastly, the Quip toothbrush. Guys, again, I feel like such a fancy rich bitch when I have my Quip toothbrush. It is rose gold. It sticks and attaches right to my mirror at home. And it just looks so sleek. It looks like I have like one of those modern bathrooms that's like, you know, it looks like everything should be electronic, like, like there goes the shower curtain. It just, it just makes me feel so sophisticated. And it's the little things like that, that make me so happy. And this is why I love Quip because you're supposed to change your toothbrush heads every three months. And who knows when three months have gone by? Nobody does. Right. Uh, like I always say after 4th of July, it's basically Christmas. You're like, where'd the time go? You always know where the time is because when you sign up for Quip, you get your toothbrushes. It's a subscription service. So what better thing to have a subscription to than something you actually need every three months? Like, have you read your New Yorkers? No, you're never going to read them, but you're going to use the toothbrush brush heads. Okay. So here's the deal. Go to getquip.com, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash fun. It starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash fun right now, You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So that's what it is. Quip is an electric toothbrush. It packs just the right amount of vibrations into a very slim design. It is very small and sophisticated looking, and it's a fraction of the cost of those bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. They won't let me say the name, but you know the ones I'm talking about. There are guiding pulses. So it starts vibrating and then it stops and you know you're supposed to move on to the other part of your mouth. It's so cool. So Yeah, it comes with a mount that suctions right to the mirror, unsticks, use it as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, throw it in your gym bag, travel with it. Um, And it's a subscription plan. So it refreshes your brush on a dentist recommended schedule, new brush heads every three months for just five bucks. And that includes free shipping worldwide. Quip also makes their own toothpaste, which is minty, fresh, and delightful. And uh, again, the toothbrush looks like it was designed by Apple. It's won a million awards um, from Time Magazine. Oprah named it one of her favorite things in 2017. It's called the Tesla of toothbrushes. And you know what? It just, it looks like you have your life together, you know? So just get Quip. Getquip.com slash fun. Use offer code fun and you will get your first refill pack free. It starts at just $25. Getquip.com slash fun. Like it or not, mother's milk has a drug-like effect on the baby's brain that ensures that the baby will bond with mom and continue to nurse and get the nutrients all babies need. Oh, anyway, so I told you. Um, so yeah, if you're gonna eat cheese, really eat cheese. Don't be going, now you want that yellow one. All right. <clears throat> What else? Okay, we're just going to dive in here. Uh, uh, 
oh, this is a personal, somebody wrote me about someone I used to work with. They're like, I'm very upset at their politics. I'm like, okay, well, I can't, I can't, I can't read that out loud on the air. Um, okay. Uh, this is someone podcast listener after filling out about filling out forms regarding single or divorced. Oh yeah. So that was somebody wrote in a while ago that they're, they're divorced, but they're in a relationship and they hate when they go to the doctor, they have to fill out forms. I'm neither, but as a rule, I only fill out the absolutely necessary bits on forms wherever I am. Why does a doctor's office need my social security or marital status? They don't. Why does a foot doctor need to know my gynecological medical history when the form asks about surgical medical history, for example? They don't. I followed this rule for years because I value my right to privacy, and I have never once had anyone ask me to give them the info I left blank. I don't even give email addresses or phone or zip code when someone asks. I just say I don't give that information out. I also try very hard to not use internet portals for doctors that that the front desk pushes on you. I just tell them I don't have a computer or simply I can't. I can't gets a fun reaction. You're in control of your data and most of your data is nobody's business. Love from Silicon Valley. Well, that's ironic. That's ironic. I know just saying I can't is really funny. Do you know what they say? No is a complete sentence. That's mind blowing, isn't it? Isn't it? Um... So this woman is writing to me about cat issues with her boyfriend. Okay, so my boyfriend and I moved in together five years ago. Let's call him Griffin. At the time, I was underemployed. Shortly after settling in, my boyfriend wanted to adopt a cat, and I was ambivalent because of the cost. He insisted that we would adopt a cat. Oh, he insisted that he would adopt a cat even if we weren't living together, and he went ahead and picked one off a cat rescue site, and he made it clear that she's his cat. In a few days, we had the cutest darling living with us, and eventually I fell in love. She's undoubtedly improved my quality of life. So for the first three years, my boyfriend covered most of the cat bills, but two years ago, she was diagnosed with diabetes. Since then, there's been an influx of significant bills. Most recently, Griffin took the cat in for some tests and vaccines and other things and told me about it after the fact. He said the bill was $700.00 and wanted some help paying for it. I recently had a birthday, and he referred to some money I'd received as a gift and asked if I would consider putting that toward the vet bill. I'm a bit flummoxed. I'm not sure how to feel about this and think that we need to consider the larger picture and how things will move forward with cat costs and life in general. We make approximately the same amount of money, if that matters. First of all, I hate this notion of let's use your birthday money for this. No, birthday money is birthday money. And then, because that way it just, nobody's resentments build up. You know what I mean? It's just money for birthday. It's like free money. It's like, don't use this for bills. Um, I mean, obviously do if you're broken, that's how you want to spend your birthday is like less stress about money. Like, of course, but in a relationship, I think when people receive money for things, it's like their business. And I think if you guys want to put money into a cat, like then that's going to have to be like a debt that you pay off or whatever. But I just think it just gets into like resentment territory. So let's see. Um, She sent another email as a follow-up. The cat bill question has developed. I'll tell you the update so you can ignore that question or give your thoughts anyway because I'm still curious to hear. The short version. I discussed it with my therapist. She said that it was rude of my boyfriend to ask me to channel my gift into the cat bill. Thank you. I should be a therapist. Another part I didn't mention before is that the gift money was actually put into his bank account with the giver's expectation that he would pass it on to me. That's weird. Why? Why was it just put into his bank account? Why couldn't they send you a check or cash? I don't get that. A gift card. The giver was boyfriend. The giver was boyfriend's dad. Oh, got it. So boyfriend was basically asking if he could keep the money. Uh, well, the dad did a weird thing by not just writing you a check. I think that's strange. So the whole thing led to a discussion about finances in general, and I asserted that because he's more financially stable, but he has saving, we have the same income, but he has savings and investments and is an only child, I should no longer be contributing random amounts to the vet bills, at least for now. I felt weird about it at first, but I think it's the feminist thing to do. Before I came, well, I mean, no feminist or not, like if this person has more money and they got a fucking cat, then that they deal with it. You know, you're there to help each other out, not drain each other financially. Um, I should no longer be contributing random amounts to the vet bills. Okay. Before I came to this conclusion, I told him to keep half and give me half to use as an actual gift. 
As for how this bodes for us as a couple, as I grapple with the idea of the shared responsibility of a child, I do not know I'm uneasy. Well, you know what? Everyone's uneasy all the time. You know, I mean, not every second, but everyone experiences periods of unease in their relationships. And finances is a big, ugly thing. And you, you, you find out things about your partner that um, you didn't know. Uh, an older I seem fun topic But I am also annoyed when people write, thanks for your prompt reply in an email. For me, it creates this feeling of anxiety that takes the form of annoyance because I know that my promptness was random and I don't want the other person to get used to this speedy back and forth. It's like, don't have these expectations of me. Next time I'll take two days to reply and that's fine. Something like that. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I hope everything weighs in on the cats. If anyone wants to write to me, about, uh, you know, any financial things that they've figured out in their relationship, I'm happy, I'm happy to pass it on. I'm happy to pass it on. Um, somebody, you blocked me on Twitter. Can you tell me why? Guys, I can explain blocking. I have thousands of people tweeting at me a week. When I block, I don't even look at the person or their name or like think about it. It seems so personal, but I block like hundreds of people a month. And I literally just, I'll see a comment I don't like that's like, curious, um, why do you say that Bernie Sanders is a Russian agent? I'm just like block, like not dealing. Like I just block everything. So I am assuming at one point you explained something to me I didn't want to hear or asked me a question that seemed combative or were pervert. That's usually what it is. Oh my God. Why am I doing it again? All right. Here's this. Someone being older. This is when I was talking about when I worked at Boston Ballet and I had to tell the older subscribers about their seats. This woman wrote... Thanks for summing up so beautifully the comparison between the elderly opera subscribers and the way you feel about the young generation and their approach to customer service. Is this what my podcast has come to? Jen, I am 10 years older than you, and I've really struggled with this. I'm getting better, and I don't take it as personally as I used to. I understand that these kids are products of a completely different world. I was well into my 30s when cell phones became a common everyday item. When I was a small child, we had a black and white TV, and I remember the excitement when we got our first color one. I remember the thrill of my first ever cell phone. I don't expect someone who was born in 1998 to understand how technology wasn't always here or how it has changed us. But sometimes I feel so lonely and alienated after one of these encounters. Sometimes I feel like I've just tried to connect with a robot. Of course, I don't expect an intimate connection from a sales assistant, and I don't think they should have to flatter my ego with a lot of attention. All I really want is an acknowledgement that I exist. I'm there, and I'm a human being, an actual person. And very often, these kids don't give that. Whether they choose not to or are unable to, I don't know. And at times, it has felt to me like a slap in the face. Other times, I've found the detachment and coldness of a young customer service person quite spooky. They don't even pretend to give a damn about me. They don't even bother to fake it. As you said, oh, see, I don't care. I want everyone to be a robot who doesn't talk to me. That sounds amazing. Um, But I get what you're saying. As you said, this is something new in the culture. This is different from rude sales assistants who have always been around. This is not rude at something else. And that, you're absolutely right about that. This is just blank. Um, So I really appreciated your story. And I think those opera people, ballet, Um, we're very lucky to have you explain everything to them. I no longer expect anybody to explain anything to me. If I want to find out how to do something, I go on YouTube and I look for tutorials. Oh my God. My friend tweeted something. She's like, people who have tutorials, can you get right to it? Stop chit chatting up front. Like I do these, um, these like micro arm exercises and it's like my favorite. I got my sister into it. I'm like, it's just this woman doing these micro arm exercises with two pound weights and they're great exercises, but for some reason the the camera is framed so that her dog is in it. And I'm just like watching the dog like run in and out of frame, but she talks for like an hour, an hour. She talks for like a minute and 30 seconds before she gets into the exercises. And I'm like, I'm just fast forwarding to work till I see her arms start moving. And that's when I start. It's like, and these can be done. It's like, I don't need a tutorial that starts to explain when I can do them. I'm doing them. I'm doing them now. That's why I'm watching you. So let's just start the fucking thing. Anyway, um, 
So she says, I, anyway, I think it's sad. I do think we've lost something, but the internet has given us so much that I wouldn't want to give up. What about podcasts? They're the best. Take care, Serena. Yes. Podcasts are my favorite thing. Um, Jen, first off, I'm a huge fan of your comedy and podcast since I love hearing you talk about feminism. I'm wondering if you've seen the show Dietland on AMC. I haven't, but only because I don't have a TV where I live. Um, when I'm in New York, the Airbnbs, they usually don't come with cable. Um, I'm sure I can watch things online, but um, no. It only touches on feminism, but also about the way fat women are treated in today's culture. As a fat woman, which I know you are not, it's super relatable. Anyway, it's a different class of feminism and one that's not talked about often enough, but I'd love to hear your take. Well, I don't watch the show, but I was just reading about thin privilege. And um, this woman did a great, uh, she did a great uh, thread on it on Twitter. And I thought it was super fantastic. And uh, I'm going to try to find it. I think that I uh, oh, I can't find it. It was so good. Uh, she was saying thin isn't a feeling. Oh, here it is. Okay. The uh, Twitter person, her name is Cora Harrington, but her Twitter name is at lingerie underscore addict. Hey, you don't have to feel thin to have thin privilege. Thinness isn't a feeling. If other people perceive you as thin, you are thin. If you are able to walk into any clothing store and expect to see a wide range of options in your size, you are thin. My job involves looking at photos of models who are much thinner than me, so I rarely feel thin. But I can walk into almost any clothing store and expect, without even thinking about it, to buy something in my size. That is thin privilege. No one looks at a photo of me online and tells me I need to lose weight or sees me out and about eating a cookie or an ice cream cone and sneers at me in disgust. No one groans or rolls their eyes when, I, when they have to sit next to me on a plane or a bus. In fact, no one comments on my body at all. The ability to move through life without people insisting you need to be a smaller size. If you don't have to think about it, that's privilege. And this is something that I really need body positive influencers and fashion bloggers to understand. If you are getting gigs at all, it's because you closely align with fashion industry ideals. And it is what it is, I guess. What's not okay is pretending that you don't. Once again, all that thin privilege means is that your life isn't made more difficult because of your weight. It means you aren't defined things like pay raises, healthcare, and airline seats because of your weight. Um, it doesn't define, I think she said the wrong word there, but it doesn't mean your life is easy or that no one ever made fun of your appearance or that you can find everything you want in your local target. It means societal discrimination and prejudice does not target you for being thin. It means your weight and body are seen as normal. I thought that was a great thread and a great thing to think about where it's like, oh, right. It doesn't matter how I feel. Um, I have thin privilege for absolute fucking sure. And even when I was overweight. When I was overweight, technically, according to the charts for my height, um, and I was very uncomfortable and it was causing me to have this issue with my leg. Like I was definitely overweight. My doctor told me, you know, um, uh, even that at 50 pounds heavier than I am now, it still did not inconvenience someone on a bus or a plane. It was not, uh, it, it was still in the privilege category. So I can't answer your thing about the show, but I thought, hey, you know what? I just saw this interesting thread the other day. Maybe we could all enjoy that. So, um, and now I will take you to my little playlist. <laughs> playlist for the 90s, the weather and the decade. Okay, for you, who? No, no. Take me off this list. Bye. These weird robocalls from D.C. I swear to God, Trump is pranking me. Okay, folks. It's your big sister, Jen. The sister you never had. Your Gen X sister who's going to tell you some songs to throw on your summer. 90, when it's 90s, put on the 90s. When it's in the 90s, you're going back to the 90s. Now, are these all like 
party by the beach songs, you have friends over for margaritas. No. But let your basic friends play the black eyed peas. You're going to have a 90s summer. Okay, so uh, listen, there's plenty of music from the 90s, but this was just uh, some fun stuff that I'm like, listen, don't discount. First of all, I'm like, oh, everyone knows Delight, um, Grooves in the Heart. But then I'm like, what if a lot of people don't? So this is like their biggest hit from exactly 1990. They were considered electronic music, which I like their version of electronic music. Not this, not this just noise that's today. But, you know, Grooves in the Heart was a fun one. Why isn't it playing? Oh, because my Bluetooth got kicked off because of the fucking... Oh, no. What's happening? Oh, God, you guys, it was all ready. It was all happening. And then the phone rang, and it somehow connected to my computer. I'm going to have to put my phone in airplane mode. You'd think I would do that anyway, but I don't. And I can't use my password. Okay. Um, Let's get this party started. Okay. Is it working? Nope. It disconnected. You know, here we go. Put this one on your playlist. Come on. Groove is in the heart. That's me singing. Uh, A little groove is in the heart from D-Light. Yes. Come on. You, You kids love this, don't you? Put that on your mix. Do we need the, do I need to play the refrain? Is that what they call it? Is this it? Is this it? Ah, where is it when she just goes, you know this song. Yeah, you know it. All right, the breeders, the breeders. Kim Deal, she used to be in the Pixies. I prefer the breeders. I hated that guy's voice in the Pixies. Sorry, I'm not cool. The song's called Safari. That's a good summer jam from 1992. Here, we'll get to the good part. I like the drums in this song. Yeah, you're going to get it. No, no Aloha from their album Last Splash from 1993. I mean, you all know Cannonball. Maybe you don't, but get into No Aloha. Sorry, I'm just skipping around. You can't hear her singing. Oh, here we go. No bomb. Great. Don't discount loser. It's almost such a classic that we take it for granted. This is a fun song, people. By Beck. 94. You were not born yet. I was 20, just turning 20. Here she goes. Woo! That was like the line, the 90s when just people were saying words. Just like, just things that didn't make sense. There was very Nirvana too. I Beck did it a lot. Um, now is this, oh, here's the refrain. Is it called the refrain? Am I 100? I love it. And don't, come on. Paul's Boutique, one of the greatest albums of, like, they did such a good job sampling every single thing ever. Paul's Boutique, The Beastie Boys, Hey Ladies, just a fun classic. Throw it on and go jump in your pool. Or go dunk your head in some water. I don't care. Oh, fun. Now you want a little get a more rockin'? Dinosaur Jr., one of my favorite bands. Uh, this song's called Freak Scene. Oh, uh, you'll get into it. And they had another song. Oh, this is 88. Okay, doesn't count. Doesn't count as the 90s and the 90. Oh, my God. Anyone can tell to see us. Um, oh, you got 
Hole comes out with an album in 98. I mean, they had one in 93. That one was sadder. This is like, this is like I got a makeover, people. Invite me to your pool party. Here I come. Celebrity Skin is the name of the song. It's the name of the album. I don't like them. Oh, shut up. Uh, Public Enemy, 1990, Fear of a Black Planet. One of the greatest albums ever made. And fun for your pool party. This song's nice. I love when they would sample new stuff. And when Flavor Flav and Chuck D are working together, Revolutionary Generation, that's the name of the song from Fear of a Black Planet. Uh, They're great together. Get into it, folks. What? Even the Ramones had a song come out in the 90s. It's a cover. It's of a Tom Waits song, but I don't want to hear Tom Waits. I want to hear the Ramones sing, I don't want to grow up. That's on uh, the album Adios Amigos. Sonic Youth. Couple great albums in the 90s. Uh, this song's called Bull in the Heather. And I love it because it's just, what's happening? And then the beat kicks in. Yes. Yes. This is a good one to drive to. You just feel you just feel cooler than you deserve to feel. And then my friend Goo, classic, right on the nose, 1990. Boom. I don't like any songs that Thurston sings. No offense. I smelled that one. I smelled that one 20 years in advance. I was like, I don't like that guy. This is a good one. Drunken Butterfly, also from their album Dirty from 92. They put a solid album out every two years in the early 90s. Um, Oh, R.E.M. Not a huge fan, but I like what I like. In 94, Crush with Eyeliner, that's a good one. Every single person on earth that's in music goes, oh, this song's about me. Like, there's gay guys and Courtney Love and a bunch of people like, this song's about me. Like, they actually think it is, and nobody knows who. It's sort of like our version of You're So Vain. That's Crush with Eyeliner on Monster. Okay, so what do you do if you're like... um, Oh, and this is the theme. This is called Delight Theme on the same album that Groove is in the Heart was in. This was really what we called dance electronic music back then. And it's so accessible to me. I could totally dance to this. It's not just like weird sounds. I'm so into this song. And they just, all they do is say New York City. Um, where is it? Delight. Here, wait, hang on, hang on. Okay. This used to excite me when I was in high school. I was like, I'm going to move there. And look at me now. Sit in a kitchen in Brooklyn. Too tired to go anywhere. Age of Communication was 1990, apparently. Come on, a fun song. Oh, come on. Who's not going to download this? Now, what if you're like, I don't like pool parties. Well, then you'll love The Cure. It's 89, but technically 90. Who cares? Plain song from the album Disintegration. This is for you depressed people in the summer. just want to put the covers over your head. This is such a beautiful song. This whole album. I mean, no wonder I have depression. How did I get out into the world after just listening to this album over and over? Hang on. Oh, when that guitar comes in. Oh, it's like someone's grabbing your heartstrings. It's just like so depressing. Where is it? Hang on. Oh. Where is it? Oh, 
Where's the lyrics? It's like, I think it's dark. Oh, yeah. Think it's dark and looks like rain, you said. And the wind is blowing like it's the end of the world, you said. Fun summertime. All right. We'll end on something happier. So, kids, enjoy yourselves. Make a mix. Reach back into the vault. I promise you, my generation, we were having fun. We were out there. We were trying to make a difference in the world. Until next week, have fun.